1: Every game in this league comes down to a couple plays and typically it comes down to the last possession. There's very few games in this league that you can count on that are are won or lost by more than one possession and can't look any further than the Carolina Panthers. I know they have nine losses, seven of those are by one possession or less.
2: It's the Bill Michaels Show Holiday Edition as we kind of get you into the spirit. One week from today is Christmas, which I still cannot believe. I'm Radio Joe in for Bill today. That was Matt LaFleur, your head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And to recap, a big week as we head into Packers and Panthers tomorrow night. Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider, joining us here on the Schneider Orange Hotline. What's up, Mike? How are
3: you? Uh, No, I'm getting excited for tomorrow night's game. I think it'll be fun to to play a Saturday night game, uh, just to something a little different. It'll be prime time. And I've been watching the Panthers tape and, you know, good things that they do. And then the games slip away. It's really tough to be a first-year head coach in 2020 in the year of COVID when you lost all that off-season. So you got to give these guys a break on that. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater uh, got the Vikings to a playoff. And then he had that horrible knee injury. And he won five games for Sean Payton with a good team around him and a great coach. Uh, he's with a first-year coach, though, in a, a transitioning program here. But I'll tell you, there's things that I've seen with Treddy Bridgewater that makes me wonder if Matt Nagy ever wants, wa- wonders, maybe we should have taken Bridgewater, you know, because he, he does what the coaches tell him to do. He runs the offense. He stays in the pocket. Um, you know, nothing fancy, but he can at least – manage the game and move the ball but he feels like some of these losses these Panthers have, have when games slip away like in the last couple of weeks they lost to the Broncos that was horrible cuz the Broncos are so banged up and so Bridgewater uh, talked about that
4: you look at us against the Vikings uh, a week ago. We were able to get a chunk play early in a two-minute drive. This week, uh, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. But I think uh, I just have to continue to have the right mindset in those situations to put us in a position to win football games.
2: Yeah, I mentioned it earlier, Mike, with the Panthers. I mean, you look at their nine losses; seven of them have been within eight points or less. I mean, yeah. they've they've lost a lot of close games.
3: No, and you know they're playing hard. Now, you know, just with. Just being in Detroit and all the talk about Jim Harbaugh and is he a college coach at Michigan? You know, Chip Kelly, I saw him coaching the other night at UCLA. Um, I think it's interesting, some of these guys that are big-time college coaches and they fail miserably in the NFL, like a Nick Saban. Um, and uh, and Chip Kelly, you know, just torched the earth when he was with the Eagles. Uh, I think it was the 49ers. So I find this an interesting question because this Matt Rule guy is a Baylor guy. Uh, he had some, some stops on the offensive side as an assistant with, I think it was the Bills and the Giants. But, you know, he's coming off all these practically undefeated records. And then he gets in the NFL, and particularly the COVID year. So last week I asked Matt LaFleur about this question because Matt LaFleur worked for small colleges in Michigan he took the one year off, and he's a quarterback coach at Notre Dame. So he's worked at these big college programs, and I asked him this question. What do you think is the biggest difference being the head coach of a big college program like Notre Dame, Wisconsin, or Michigan versus head coach in the NFL to be successful?
1: Well, it's just it's two different, uh, totally different environments. You know, I think in the NFL, a lot of the times you're just you're focused on – Obviously, player development is always important, right? But there, you can generate so much more time towards the football aspect, as opposed to in college. You know, the football part of it still—it's still obviously very important. But you've got to set a lot of time for recruiting and, and making sure that you're you're out there doing whatever you can to to get guys to come to your program. So I would say that just it's the time that which you spend, whether it's in football or, or whether it's in the recruiting is, is, what separates the NFL and college.
2: Yeah, it's not easy for any college coach to go from that level over to the NFL. You know, a good example that's worked, really, it's taken a couple of years, but Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, going, you know, from the college ranks over to the Arizona Cardinals, he's actually done a pretty good job. So now we look at Matt what Rule. a great
3: quarterback, too.
2: Absolutely, that always helps. But when you look at Matt Rule and his transition, you know, it's, it's hard to know what to really expect out of this Panthers team, because they've got some good players. They don't have a lot of flashy players, but, Mike, it's the system that's what you have to pay close attention to.
3: Packers played these Panthers last year, Joe, at Lambeau. The snow was coming down. It was 23-16. The Panthers were driving down the field with Christian McCaffrey and, uh, and I think it was Fackrell that stopped them at the goal line from potentially scoring a touchdown and maybe you know tying the game up. So uh, I asked this question of uh, Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator, and LaFleur. Okay, so Ron Rivera, defensive guy, former Bear linebacker, defensive coach, fired. Luke Kuechly, great leader. After eight years, retires as linebacker. So it's just a year later, and I asked Hackett and LaFleur, are the, are the Panthers doing something? He, listen to these guys. They say, yeah, this... These guys are doing stuff you don't usually see in the NFL. I said, how is this Panthers team different than the one you played last year?
5: I mean, they are completely different. Uh, they have uh, instilled a couple of different, very unique things. Um, some things that I uh, you, you don't see a lot in the NFL, um, so you have to make some specific adjustments. But um, just just compared to the entire league, they're very unique and very different and do some, do some things that um, you have to be sure to sort out with the guys. Um, but, uh, I mean, so compared to last year, I mean, it's it's night and day.
1: Oh, it's, it's drastically different. It's unlike probably uh, many defenses we've seen this year. So there's been a lot of planning going into it. Uh, they give you a lot of different looks. You know, they, they've played everybody a little bit differently. And so it just gives you a lot to prepare for.
2: But the one weakness here for this Panthers defense, Mike, I mean, they've had this – it's, it's been constant. They've been blowing these second-half leads, and it's been the biggest bugaboo for them. There's one,
3: one great talent they've got on there is this Brian Burns kid. Yeah. It's in his second year. He was a first-round pick for him last year out of FSU. Six-foot-five, 250. They can drop him back as linebacker. He puts his hand on the ground and gets around the corner. He's a beast. And so the Packers, you know, Adam Stenovich offensive line, he's going to have to try and figure out how to deal with this guy. But this Panthers defense is run by 64-year-old Phil Snow. He's a character. I mean, You know, you look at his resume, and it's Eastern Michigan, and he, he did a stint for a while there where he was a Lions linebacker coach for two or three years. But he's basically been at Temple. He was there for a while. And then he was at Baylor with Rule the last three or four years who brought him over to Carolina when he got this job. So you ask Phil Snow about his Panthers defense blowing these leads in the second half
0: we we have starting to play better, you know, but we have moments where we don't, you know, I, you know, I thought we'd been playing the third quarter real well. And then this past game, we didn't, we played the fourth quarter decently. So, you know, that, that's exciting to see. And I hope it continues uh, uh, Saturday night.
2: So now if you're Phil Snow, how exactly do you prepare for a scheme that Matt LaFleur has been able to put together, which has also been through the same influence of Shanahan and McVay. I mean, th- th- this offense has been unreal this season. So now if you're Phil Snow, how do you prepare?
3: Right. You're coming out of co- college, and you're dealing with this misdirection with LaFleur, Shanahan, McVay, and with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's it's the top-scoring uh, offense in the NFL right now. Here's Phil Snow.
0: Well, you know, that r- really the issue comes down to us, too. So we take care of us first. And what we do, and then obviously Aaron does some stuff that, uh, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, you know, the top ones, Mahomes doing, and guy in Seattle, you know, they just move around and and keep themselves alive and and make so many plays that are, you know, um, not really designed. Uh, and and offensively, uh, you know, when he goes into his move movement where he's moving in the pocket and stuff, his receivers do a great job of finding holes and seams and. And then along with their offense, they have a great scheme. So when you've got to defend it all, it's tough.
2: Well, Aaron Rodgers, of course, is having an MVP season. And you mentioned the fact that Phil Snow is a bit of a character. So what exactly did he say about Aaron Rodgers?
3: Yeah, it's it's like, what's he going to tell his guys, his linebackers, on dealing with number 12 tomorrow night? Uh,
0: he he looks like
3: he's playing in a park uh,
0: in, in the National Football League with these <laughs> big, fast guys chasing him, um, which is really – Atypical. I mean, it's fun to watch him play quarterback, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is fun. <laughs> but that's what it is right now. I mean, that's part of the success of this Packers offense. They are having fun right now, and, and that is the most important thing. So now, okay, we've heard from Phil Snow. So Matt Rule, I mean, again, how does he look at this? Because, again, the Panthers have shown their flaws.
3: You've got this new owner. He fires Ron Rivera who's doing pretty good with the Washington football team, if you ask me, and all the challenges he's faced. And the thing about this, Joe, is that Matt Rule's got to prove to their ownership that these guys aren't quitting on him, because, you know, they'll do some great things, and then you see this these missed assignments, the poor execution of plays. And so Matt Rule's got to convince everybody that at
6: least these Panthers haven't quit on them. You know, a lot of coaches make will make a lot of excuses I, I won't make any excuses for our lack of execution we have to execute better and that's what it would take to win um, but for them to come out week after week after week i just want to make sure i say this you know for the guys like i think they've hung together and you know here we are you know with with not a great record not the record that we wanted and we're going to go up and play you know probably the best team or one of the best team. one of the best two teams in the NFC you think about the last 3 games of the year we're facing the NFC uh, north uh, leader right now. We're going to face the NFC East leader the next game. And we're going to face the NFC South leader. So we're facing three of the best teams in the NFC. You know, this team could could, they could mail it in. They could quit. Guys could start coming down with injuries and not playing and getting ready for the off season, but they haven't done that. So I think that that it's not winning. It's not what we want, but it's important that we rec- that I recognize for the guys, how they've continued to compete and fight and scratch each and every week. Um, I have to do a better job of making sure that our process and our execution And sometimes things that you would never, uh, you know, think about, you know, until you get into a game, things come up and we just don't quite get over the hump on these games. So all these little things show up. And so we have to, we have to get better. Um, We have to, we have to play better.
2: Well, That was Matt Rule, and going into this game, one area to pay attention to, Mike, is Russell Kuhn, the left tackle, because he, at last check, was listed as questionable for this game. The Panthers' offensive line is already depleted when it comes to their depth compared to how great the depth has been for the Green Bay Packers. And Christian McCaffrey, he's only
3: played in three games this year. He's had this this quad that's been bothering
2: him. Yeah, O'Kong, the guy they brought in from
3: the Seahawks, he's got a calf injury. There's a guy that's uh, backed him up, Trent Scott. Greg Little is a guy that was supposed to be the left tackle of the future. He messed up his ankle Wednesday. He had to be carted off. So Matt Rule was asked, what are you going to do? For, who, who, who's going to protect Teddy Bridgewater's blindside against Zadarius Smith and the Green Bay Packers? Who's going to play your left tackle?
5: Who is your backup left tackle after Trent? Um, uh,
7: would be... Um... Um, 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 Schofield, excuse me. I was trying to put together uh, Schofield with the ability for Moten to always go over as well. And then, uh, Montero and Caskey, uh, uh, one of those guys will get probably elevated off the practice squad.
5: Just Greg going on IR disappointing for him to end his season that way.
7: Yeah, but he, he's made progress this year and, um, you know, just kind of got, uh, got banged up in practice yesterday. Um, um, I'm um, um, very positive about the direction that Greg is heading.
2: You know, it happens to all of us, especially when you're talking to the public. Even when I'm hosting for Bill doing a radio show, we all have those uh, little mental laps. Those yeah, little but
3: he says the direction that Greg is heading. He's headed to surgery, man. <laughs>
2: He's headed a surgery. Yeah. Oh. Well, again, it's it's just I, I want to give Matt Rule the benefit of the doubt, but that's that's just what it is. He's Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider. We will have more as we get continue to get you ready for Packers and Panthers coming up on the other side. I'm Radio Joe Zenzola filling in for Bill today. We'll have more of the Bill Michaels show coming up next.
7: Um. uh, Would be. Um. 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 <laughs> 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
5: Matt, I was curious if Russell and Dennis aren't able to go as well with Greg now on IR. Who is your backup left tackle after
7: Trent? Um, uh, would be... Um... 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 Schofield, excuse me, I was trying to put together uh, Schofield with the ability for Moten to always go over as well, and then uh, Montero and Kasky uh, uh, one of those guys will get probably elevated off the practice squad. Just
5: Greg going on IR, disappointing for him to end his season that way.
7: Yeah, but he, he's made progress this year and um, you know, just kind of got, uh, got banged up in practice yesterday um, 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 very positive about the direction that Greg is heading
2: Boy, that doesn't get old Not only is there a lot of ums in there for Matt Rule, but also a lot of spit flying. Um. Yeah, right. (laughs) The Bill Michaels show continues here on a Friday. I'm Radio Joe in for Bill. Don't forget Greening Gold postgame show. Saturday night, immediately following the Packers and Panthers game on many of these network stations. Bill and former Packer and Badger running back Gary Ellerson. And another guy who will also be on the post-game show. Go inside the locker room more, is Mike Clemens. He joins us now as we continue on previewing this matchup. So, Mike, you know, Raven Green, that losing him to the IR. Um, that was a hit to that defense. And I know um Adrian Amos had to step in and kind of play Raven Green's role last week against Detroit. So how did that go?
3: Well, yeah, and it's because Mike Pettin is adamant about you know using dime uh, with these offenses, particularly with the better quarterbacks like um, Tom Brady when they went up against Breeze and you know last week against Stafford, you know, with a guy that's got an arm. and but, you know, that burned them against Philip Rivers because, Frank Wright came out of the second half, and he just ran the football because it's just baiting, waiting for Patton to get out of the dime, and they just ran it up the middle. And, you know, tomorrow night, Mike Davis, number 28, um, he's five nine, he's fast. The, McCaffrey won't be in there, but he's pretty fast. And if, you know, if he's not slipping on the turf tomorrow night, that's something that they are going to have to worry about yep. coming out of the backfield. So we thought that maybe, at least I thought, maybe they were talking about moving Christian Kirksey, your inside linebacker, out to like that hybrid safety thing. And he would cover the fourth receiver like a tight end after Jair and Kevin and Shannon Sullivan would take the first three. But no, I think it was smart because this Vernon Scott kid is coming on, this Henry Black, these other safeties, they can stand back there and help out Darnell Savage on the back end. That He moved Adrian Amos, 31, up closer to the line, and guess what? He ended up leading the team with tackles in Detroit with seven. And so we asked Adrian uh, last night about if he doesn't mind that hybrid safety role.
8: Yeah. I mean, I, I like to be able to you know, show my versatility and be able to get in the box, be able to play deep. Um, I like to be able to play all over, you know, but of course, you know, I think everybody. Well, a lot of people like to be closer to the ball. Um, I know I personally, you know, like being close to the ball um, just just because that's where the ball is and you have the opportunity to make more plays. So, you know, in, anywhere I can help the team playing in the box, covering, playing deep. I like that. And as I've said um, in weeks before, it is good that, you know, we have a, a lot of DBs that can play multiple things. So, Offices don't get a a beat on what what position we're actually playing.
2: And you know what, Mike? The other thing we've seen more of here in the last couple of weeks is more two inside linebackers, and that has also made a difference as well. But it's funny. I mean, you go back in that time machine earlier in the season – I mean, the Packers had so many issues at the position. I mean, Christian Kirksey was hurt. Kamal Martin was hurt. No one trusted Oren Burks. Um, you know, so it was like at the time, you know, Chris Barnes was your best inside linebacker, and that might be a guy that they'll be able to use a little bit yeah. more going forward.
3: And then Barnes was on COVID there for a while. Right. Chris Barnes is this guy who roomed with Jordan Love uh, in college. They've known each other since high school. You saw him just jump off the charts in the game against the Vikings week one. Uh, Kamal Martin was a guy we talked about that looked great in camp, and then he had to have some knee surgery. That bothered him in his last season in college last year. But you talk to Mike Pedden about this, and here's the interesting thing that he's saying. you know, There might be times where he's going to dime and using Raven Green because he didn't feel good about the depth that he had at inside linebacker, that he's trying to put his best 11 football players on the field so when this is all sorted out, if Christian Kirk sees your veteran with the radio helmet, and then Kamal Martin, your fifth-round pick, and then Chris Barnes, that means basically Mike Patton is saying, I have no need for Orn Burks or Ty Summers at inside linebacker. They've been running. Oren Burks sometimes is an outside linebacker. Both those guys on special teams. And so Patton says, for much of this season, Joe, about the only inside linebacker he could trust out there
8: was Chris Barnes for a stretch of time. That you know there was only one linebacker we felt that was in that group compared to, you know, relative to the uh, to the other players, whether that was an extra safety or even an extra lineman or an outside backer. When we when we get into the five one stuff, so uh, but we're feeling much more confident about that group now, uh, and 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 with the uh, with Ravens unfortunate situation with the injury. Uh, that, that um, we can certainly see uh, as that inside linebacker groups getting healthy, you know, with, 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 with KB coming back and being, being full go along with uh, Kamal and, and, and Kirko. I mean, you feel like we got three guys there that, that, uh, that we could, we can roll for, for those, whether it's one or two jobs that are out there. And then we also, from, from a safety standpoint, have some young guys that, that we, uh, you know, that, that we feel good about in in Vernon and Henry. So, uh, you know, we'll see what, um, you know, as, as we move forward, I, I think it'll be kind of a combination of all of it, but we, you know, but to land the plane, I, I, I do feel like you know, we, we do feel better about, uh, about that inside backer room.
2: I just want to say this too, Mike, before we talk about Mason Crosby, that Vernon Scott in the, in the, in the time that we saw him play in that game against Detroit, man, he had some big hits out there.
3: Well, He, he showed that in camp too. He showed that in camp seven round pick. And even after he got drafted, that was his calling card. You know, this guy could be a thumper like Raven Green. So uh, he's learning, and they're just you know, and he's got to earn their trust that he doesn't let anybody get behind him on the back end. They and this Henry Black kid, remember? He, he, somebody went down, and he was active like on on the 55. He got in three snaps, and within within three snaps, he made a big hit on special teams. He made a big play. Uh, on defense, uh, and you know, that's how he he earned a permanent spot, being elevated off the practice squad. So that those two guys have looked pretty good, pretty promising as they continue to grow. And it's always that way, you know, that you're using your guys from practice squad, you're moving guys in and out, picking up guys off the street, and a lot of those guys, like an Alan Lazard, uh, you know, they've added the umpteenth wide receiver a year and a half ago, but he's in the scout team and into November and December, and then you get into camp next year, and the next thing you know, you've got another one of these incredible undrafted starters for the team. So then that gets us to special teams. They've blown three big returns. You know, it comes down to if, if LaFleur will give Sean Menenga a couple more starters, a couple better players to help with the coverage. When it comes to the Gunners, I don't think they've really established it. Uh, E.Q., Equinemia St. Brown, actually was playing one of the Gunners until he was uh, missing some games. Will Redman is supposed to be one of their best guys, what they, what they call first in, according to what Sean calls him. Um, and, and so they they need to figure out if they can establish that. Then you got Mason Crosby, who uh, we finally got to talk to for the first time in several weeks. Um you know, you had J.K. Scott, the punter, kicking off, and so Mason told me, yeah, he he kicked off six times against the Texans. Something got tweaked in his left calf muscle, his plant foot, and so he did not kick off for another three or four games after that, which got to be kind of hairy when they got to Indianapolis because J.K. Scott had some personnel a uh, personal matter, and he had he didn't he missed the team plane. He he had to fly down to Indy the next day. Don't really know what that was all about yet because we haven't talked to him. But I talked to Mason Crosby about those two really windy games that we had at Lambeau. I mean, the Vikings game was ridiculous, like 40-mile-an-hour wins. The Jaguars game at Lambeau was pretty windy, too. Nothing was ever as windy, and Bill talks about this all the time. The 2007 game at Soldier Field when Favre got beat by Kyle Orton because the Bears handled 55-mile-an-hour winds better that day at Soldier Field. And I asked Mason about that.
5: Yeah, that, uh, I I do still remember, uh, that game for sure. That, uh, that was probably in all reality, one of the coldest games I can, I can remember just because the wind was howling across the field, right to our sideline. Uh, we had tiny heaters. I remember guys were burning jackets, uh, you know, like, uh, melting the plastic inside their helmets. Um, yeah, it was, it was not good. Uh, but, yeah, the the two games that we've had here at Lambeau this year that that were really windy were were tricky. Um, just trying to get a read on it, trying to trust the line. I, I remember, I think it was the Vikings game when I ran out and uh, I saw Dan Bailey uh, his ball blow off like from the holder, the metal holder uh, where he was just kicking by himself. Then I look over and their kicking net was coming flying down the sideline, and uh, that was that was kind of my first. Uh, entrance into lambo that day and uh you know so i so i knew i was gonna have to lock in it was gonna be a tough one
2: packers kicker mason crosby and not to mention what he did against the lions with that 57 yarder to really put that game away it, it, it might in the
3: place it, where he missed five two years ago
2: right that's right yeah. Yeah. Talk about redemption. That's, that's always good. He's Mike Clemens, our green and gold insider. I'm radio Joe in for bill today. We will wrap things up with Mike next here on the bill
8: Michael show.
7: Everywhere in Wisconsin, the bill Michael's
8: sports talk network. You know, you say we win these three games coming into it, just letting them know, obviously everyone on the football team knows how the playoffs goes, but to be able to look a, a rookie or a second year, third year guy in the space and say, Look, we got to win two freaking football games at home, and then we're going to Super Bowl.
2: That's Devontae Adams. Final segment here of the Bill Michael show, holiday edition, and also one of my personal favorites. I have a holly, jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. The great Burl Ives as we wrap things up with our green and gold insider, Mike Clemens. And really home field advantage is the focus right now. The stakes are certainly higher because there's only one for both the NFC and the AFC this year, Mike. But I'll say this, it would be a late Christmas present for this Packers team to get to a Super Bowl this year, or I should say next year for 2021.
3: Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers has made this point, man. He said, all these NFC championships you know, that we've lost is on the road. Can I get one at Lambeau Field? And particularly now <laughs> with the way this running game is and a better defense I think he believes in. Rodgers also talking about he had this moment in camp where it just clicked for him. You know, he... he decided to change his technique. He was looking at it some old film, and he threw a pass to MVS, and it just came out of his hand. He had the old gun back, is essentially, I think is what he's saying. And LaFleur said, yeah, I remember the pass. It was like you could almost hear the clicking sound like this is it. This is the tempo, the rhythm, everything we're talking about, the footwork, the confidence, uh, trusting, You're not worrying about interceptions, just worrying about being aggressive. And I just happened, I was trying to look at some stuff from about 10 years ago or so, and I stumbled on in my files this Aaron Rodgers mic'd up at age 26, and he's talking to Charles Woodson and Al Harris on the sidelines and trying to say to them, This is a pretty good team, right? I mean, we, he's asking Charles, because Charles had been to a Super Bowl, like, is this, are we there yet? And Charles is saying to him, I don't know about this team. You're going to take me to the Super Bowl. It's a little hard to listen,
4: but listen to this. We got a pretty good squad, I think. Yeah. What do you think? I'm the Super Bowl. I don't
8: know what you think about a good squad. I'm the Super Bowl. And you just take me there. That's all I know about it. But my old can't walk there by myself. So I jump on your back. Yeah.
7: Mike Clemens?
4: Yeah, Mike, I
3: can hear you. Uh, just by chance, about an hour ago, I stumbled on some NFL films. You're mic'd up. It must have been 2008 because you walk up to Charles and to Al Harris, and you say, I think we got a pretty good squad. You're sort of looking for affirmation. And Charles says to you, I don't know about the squad. I know you're going to take us to a Super Bowl. And it's like, I mean, with a serious face, your jaw almost drops. And we know what happened. And when I
7: saw that, I thought, you know, are there any 25 year olds on this team now coming up to 12
4: and saying, Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you back there. Does it? Do you ever get that from those guys? I mean, every now and then, I think you know, learning from from those older guys. Th- that's never exactly what you want to say to them. You you're not, you don't want to hey win this one for me. You know, you just don't really approach things that way. I think for me personally as a young player, I wanted to win it for all those older guys. You know, whether it's D Drive or C Wood, Al. You know, we had Cliffy. You know, we had Tausch, we had a number of older players who hadn't won one yet. I mean, Charles had accomplished everything uh, to accomplish from, you know, Heisman to defense player of the year and the ring, I think kind of just cemented everything in his legacy. Not that it would have been cemented already. I mean, it, like I've said, many times, you know, the best player I've ever played with uh, just an unbelievable talent, but I think, you know, the thing I take away from that, and I believe it was 2010 in preseason, whether it's family night or a preseason game, uh, probably a preseason game when I was mic'd up, uh, just the confidence that that gave a young player at that time. Um, and also, you know, Charles was a no-nonsense guy, and I think he always appreciated that. And, and you know, Devontae reminds me a lot of him as far as leadership style. But when those guys speak – everybody listens and the ability that, that those type of players have to instill confidence in young players is astronomical. And the beauty in both guys is that they both understand that Mercedes as well. They, they all understand how far their word goes. Julius Peppers was the same way, a man of very few words, but when he spoke damn it was powerful. And I think there's, there's a lot to be said for guys who really understand their power and embrace it at the right opportunities. And to me, that's what leadership is all about.
2: Yep. It, it, and it's always been about having veterans in that locker room that have a voice and make a difference. That is some really good stuff and some great insight there from Aaron Rodgers, Mike, we always appreciate my friend. And uh, we will talk to you again on Monday and uh, potentially on the green and gold post game show as well. Thanks, Joe. Mike Clemens, our green and gold insider joining us on the Schneider orange hotline Schneider, they're hiring. 85 years they've been doing it. 844 pride. Or go to SchneiderJobs.com. That is where you can reach him. My thanks to Mike Clemens, Kevin Holden, Chris Raybon, Colton Bartholomew, Evan Heffelfinger. Other side of the glass. It's been a good week. A not a good week. A great week. Giannis is here. Go Pack on Saturday night. Bill will have the post game show afterwards. I'm Radio Joe Zenzola. Thanks for listening. This has been the Bill Michael Show.
7: Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.